Hello, everyone. You are listening to my Black is Transnational podcast. My name is Dr. Kalechi Bay Lamberts. And speaking of names, what's in a name? Why is it that many Black people and Black immigrants in particular change their names in order for them to be able to continue to pursue the professional goals? Why do we have to change our African names to make it more westernized in order for us to be accepted? So on this episode, I am joined by Mrs. Abiodun Durajaye, formerly known as Abby, and we'll talk more about that and also discuss her interest in studying African immigrants who change their names to a more Americanized or Westernized name and how they perceive success and why they make these sacrifices and changes as they resettle in the United States. But before we get into that, let's go through our formalities. If this is your first time listening to My Black is Transnational, you can find this podcast on any of your favorite podcast listening apps, be it Spotify, Google, Stitcher. Make sure you go to one of your, your app stores and, and download this podcast and subscribe. If you like what you hear, please rate it five stars and review it. We are three seasons in, so you can definitely binge the first two episodes and the previous 17 episodes before this and let us know what you think. We really appreciate the feedback. It also helps us be able to customize and, and make this podcast more digestible and enjoyable for you. All right. You can check us out on Instagram at Black Transnational Podcast, same name on Facebook. And you can check me out, the host at Black Transnational underscore. Check out our website at www.blacktransnational.wixsite.com slash podcast. All right. So our guest for today, as I mentioned, is Mrs. Abiodun Durajaye, a really good friend of mine um, who is currently a doctoral candidate at Governor State University in Illinois. And she is doing a study about why African immigrants change their names. Specifically, I think she's focused on Nigerian immigrants. But why do they change their names in order for them to feel accepted and feel confident enough to be able to pursue their goals and dreams? We get into a very interesting conversation about that. And we also talk about authenticity and what it is to be your authentic self. And the name that's given to you, can you have the name that's given to you and be your authentic self? at a job and with your friends without privilege is authenticity granted with privilege like does do they go hand in hand so we, we talk about that but we also talk about why changing your name is not just an african immigrant thing or a black immigrant thing but it's also subjected to black americans african americans and why we as black people have to subject ourselves to adjusting the names that we're given and, and, and the names that mean something to us and our families in order for us to have an opportunity. It's a very interesting conversation that I have with her and um, we have a good time. We talk about the idea of the immigrant of the blood and immigrant of the land, which is a very powerful concept when we talk about our children and what it means for the, the second and third generation of immigrants and transnationals that will be experiencing similar things because if we give our kids African names, what does that mean for them? So let's get into the show. Here's my conversation with Ms. Abiodun Durajaya. Enjoy. Welcome to my dad's podcast, My Black is Changed National, Season 3. You can find us on anywhere you like to listen to good podcasts. 
follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Hope you enjoy the show. Bye. Welcome to another episode of My Black is Transnational, and today I have on a special guest who is one of the big old homies, one of the original O-heads when I was an undergrad. I remember meeting sis um, ACA date auction, right? Date auction, date auction uh, one of my sponsors. Uh, when I was a freshman, and 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 I, I mean, my introduction to campus was was through that. So it was it was so fun, and it's so glad to kind of have things come full circle now. And I have here Miss Abiodun, Mrs. Abiodun Dorajaye, who yes. is also our future doctor. We're claiming Amen. it here. I claim it. I yes. claim it. I... <laughs> yes, let's claim it now. Now, right? But my our, my future doctor um, was working, doing some great work, and we're going to talk about what your work is. But I just want to thank you for taking the time and joining me on the show. Um, what's up? How you doing? I'm good. Thank you for for having me. Uh, again, I think all things work out according to right mm-hmm. uh, because it it has been a, a long time. You know, kind of watch you pledge, I pledge, mm-hmm. ACA, all these things happen, life happened, went our separate ways, and then reconnected. So it's, it's good to see you yes. uh, again, and it's good to hear that you're doing good. Yes, yes, likewise, likewise. So, you know, for those who may not know you as well as I do, um, you can take an opportunity to just briefly introduce yourself to the audience, let them know, you know, who you are, where you're from, what your interests are, and then what you're working on, and what you aspire Absolutely. to be. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, again, thank you. So my name, as you mentioned, is Abiyo Dundurajai. I am a doctoral right, prospect. Yes. Uh, hopefully within the next month or two, I should be done, done with that, uh, that journey. Uh, my research focus on, focuses on ethnic name and identity uh, as it relates to Nigerians here in America. Um, and I can, I can get into the research a little bit later, but uh, I currently work at a university in Chicago, serving as executive director of career services and placement. Um, so I think for me, it's, it's personal and professional, right? Because mm-hmm. I see students who may not necessarily have ethnic names, but they have black sounding names mm-hmm. and I see them struggle right to find work right whether it be work in um white institutions corporate america whatever it is and folks are always looking for how can i change alter shift my name so that i can belong right um for years i understood what that meant so i figured well let me take my personal and turn it into research Mm -hmm. right so that's what i'm currently doing right now is really researching the power of the name and what happens when name shape when name shifts does identity change yeah right yeah. um looking at that but super excited i'm also a mom right like that's yeah. one of the biggest roles i think i play i play a mom to three girls wow. um raising queens over here yeah 
um, and, you know, have a wonderful husband as a support system. But yeah, it's it's great. It's great to, to be here. It's been busy, though. Yeah, it's been busy. I mean, you have an important role. I mean, like you said, being a Ooh. mom of three and, you know, and, and you setting the standard for them. And, you know, one of the things that I that I love about what you said is it's something that we've talked about off the air and that idea of of it being personal. What, what I what I use now, I coined the phrase that I've adopted from a friend called me search. Right. And really being about the things that really matter to you and the communities that you're from. And I think it means a lot more because the communities that we're from need more representation than they have now. Right. And all the right. nuances within our community that tend to be overlooked and deemed unimportant. You know, we're starting to bring those things to light. And like you said, you know, and, we'll, and I know we'll, we'll jump into the idea of that, the name, right? Which is why right. I really wanted you on here because I want, that's something that we overlook completely, right? And I think about the um, the immigrant experience hmm. and we think about how passive as immigrants, whether we were born in Nigeria or wherever and we come to America, but how passive we are when people disrespect, I'm not going to say disrespect intentionally or sometimes intentionally, but when people don't pronounce our names right or don't allow yeah. us to be able to really express our names for what it means, um, they don't value our names. And we too ourselves, in, in the hopes of being able to just keep our head down and succeed in America, <laughs> decide to just accept whatever shenanigans they do in butchering our names. And the symbolic meaning it is when, when you actually shift your identity because of how passive you are. So I don't want to talk too much about it. I want you to talk more about it. Um, and what, like, what, what, what are you working on with that? And why did it mean so much? And, and what are the things that you've noticed so far? Yeah, I, I think you hit some really, really good points um, about that immigrant experience, right? Um, and I think no matter where we're from, we all kind of go through this acculturation, assimilation process and really trying to navigate, right? Mm -hmm. Like in, in whatever way that means. And I, I think it could look different, right? Depending on the age that mm -hmm. you come here. Um, coming here myself at, at an earlier age, uh, you know, as a child, you wanted folks to play with you. You wanted mm -hmm. to belong. You, you searched, you didn't want to be different, right? Like mm -hmm. being different, um, whereas now in adulthood, right, is, is important, is unique, is this, is that, but as a child coming here um, with a with a different accent, right? A different voice, a different skin, depending on where you land here mm -hmm. in America. Um, you know, so I always tell folks, I didn't even know I was black till I was nine, right? Yeah. Like we come from a country where yeah. you're either Yoruba, Igbo, Hausa, exactly. like that's just how you work on ethnicity. Mm -hmm. So coming here when that shifted to race, it was like, whoo, this is different, right? So, and then when you talk about name, my name, Abiodo, means we gave birth to celebration. Mm. So my birthday is on Christmas. Um, but, you know, like, people don't have the same pronunciations here. I've been called Abderman, Aberdeen, you name it. Like, some people don't even try, right? Like, mm -hmm. some people go, oh, I'm in a struggle with this one. Well, if you think you're going to struggle, you're probably going to struggle. Um but then you look at the other names that folks are able to pronounce, right? Call them out. Right? <laughs> so literally coming here, Abiodun shifted very quickly 
um, because it just would not work. It would not work in an educational setting. It would not work in a professional setting. And when I say it would not work, meant I would always have to have that conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Like the immigrant conversation. Oh, your name is unique. Where is that from? Mm -hmm. Where are you from? Mm -hmm. Some people do that to right inquire. I found out that most did it as a, just ignorance, right? Like they, they don't know what they don't know, but as a child, you get embarrassed about having those types of conversations. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I went from my building to Abby very quickly. Mm -hmm. And I, I was Abby for 20 some years. My, like my closest friends call me, mm -hmm. you know, Abby. Um, it wasn't till I started having kids that I started to see a problem, right? Because they have really ethnic names that meant a lot to, you know, my husband and I in, in the selection process, right? Like, mm -hmm. oh my God, our experience with our second daughter who was born at a micro preemie, spent over 200 wow. days in the NICU. Wow. Her name, Fien Folua, means in all things, we're going to give praise. Amen. Like regardless of everything, we're Amen. going to give praise. So then I, I watched it go from Fien Folua to, to Fien, to Fifi. And I'm like, but Fifi doesn't mean the same thing as what this girl has experienced. Like I watched her for 184 days of her life, go through five surgeries, be injected. Like, mm. you know, I was told at one point she was not going to survive. And now you just, you, you're cutting out a part of her identity, right? Major part. Um, it, right? Major. And it was so crazy because my oldest daughter, when she introduces herself, she'll tell her whole name. And people will be like, huh, what did you say? And she'll just automatically switch it to a nickname. So mm -hmm. I started to say, that is not good. That is not healthy. Like we need to, we need to figure this out. Mm -hmm. So I, I told my girls, hey, when someone asks for your name, you tell them what your name is and you give them the whole name, yeah. right? Because it means, it means something. So as, as I'm watching my kids do this, I'm thinking, how are you not going to take your own advice? Mm. So because I had been working in spaces of higher education, predominantly white institutions, Abby just fit in. Like I, I didn't wear certain hairstyles. You wouldn't see me re representing or repping my, my, you know, traditional blazer. Um, Abiodun just, Abiodun was too ethnic, mm. right? For a predominantly white institution. Like, so with Abby, right, came... The, the, the voice that fit the role, the hairstyles that fit the role, the mm -hmm. identity and the image that fit the role. Um, and thankfully, because I grew up here, I was able to slowly, right, that accent, um, which in the beginning was a huge problem, right, a, an, an indicator that I was not from here. Mm -hmm. um, so now that I was able to mask my, my voice, mask my name, right, I... I ultimately masked my identity, mm. right? And then I thought, oh my God, like how am I ever gonna get these people who've been calling me Abby for, you know, X amount of years to now call me Abiodun? Mm. You know, I'm doing the research. I'm ready to take my own identity back. I'm ready to model what I preach to my daughters. And the best way for me was to start over. So I'd look for another job. Mm, wow. I did. Oh. I did. And I set new expectations. I went into the interview, never said, you know, I remember in the, the panel, there was someone who probably looked on LinkedIn or someone that somewhere that said, 
Oh, but you go by Abby. I said, no, I introduced myself as Abiodun, like in the interview. Because mm-hmm. I didn't tell you I go by Abby, right? But I don't know if you just, in his head, it was just easy to, nope, we're not going to call this. So I introduced myself as Abiodun. I remember going into my first interview with a traditional blazer on, like, this is me. I'm African. And the second interview was rocking my curl. Like, you're going to get this. So yeah, get before you hire this. Know what um, you're getting. Yeah. Right? This, this getting. is it this yeah. is it yeah. um so i started that new role and she, like they call me abiondo because they don't know me as anything else right so for me it was it was easier to start over than to try and it, you're right it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks it, yeah. it was it was hard like they weren't i knew that no matter what i did at my old organization they would kind of try but it it wouldn't be the same mm. So in doing that, I felt like, and I feel like I have reclaimed my identity, all of who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I get to, you know, tell people more, right? Like, because before people would be like, oh, Abby, like, is that show for Abigail? No, but you know that Abiodun was not from here. And I could teach you about the language that I speak. I could teach you about where, you know, in Nigeria I'm from. So it's just so, like, people don't know the power of the name. Like if you hear if you hear Muhammad, you automatically know that it's a male, right? You you have a good good um, understanding. You understand that this is probably someone of Muslim background, right? Like you can begin to kind of put things together in your mind. Um, it, it's just it's crazy it, how much a name tells about you before you even meet a person. Right. So I did not want to have a name that just was typical in America um, and could be Abby. Right. Uh, uh, Your white girl coming in because that's not who I was. Mm -hmm. That's not who I am. Now, let's and there's so many directions that we're going to go with this. But the first direction that I want to go is just to follow what she said in regards to opportunities. Right. And having to use your name as a way to gain access to certain opportunities that and your name can also be a barrier to certain opportunities right and one of the things that we were thinking that you think about is like there are lots of people out there who will not give their their kids certain names because they know that if i give them a more white name then they're more likely to get an opportunity to get interviewed they're like their parents who are thinking about those things, even now who may be expecting yes. kids who are like, yo, what are we going to name them? We can't name them Taekwon because we understand that naming the baby Taekwon or Tashana, whatever people, the case may be. People automatically have an assumption. Exactly. And it doesn't even matter if you're African-American, you can be wherever, but because that Absolutely. name group already, already is an indicator for a particular profile to a particular group, of yep. people that already have a, a, an expectation and a perception that is charged through racism, there's there's something there that allows you to now be hesitant about really coming up with a name. But like you said, there's yeah. a power to a name. And, and names, especially from our culture, names have meaning. So, Ew. you know, in, in, in your case with your daughter, very powerful meanings. But like, before we even get into the whole like access thing, I want to know about your experience about how you went about with your name and 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 what what name did you use when you were working in Nigeria? Because I I know you went back home and you were there for some time. Yeah. What was the difference there compared to here? 
Um, <laughs> so, you know, after my master's degree, I did, I went back home. Um, and by then, right, I was, I was here 15, 16 years. Abby was what I went by. Um, I was going to go by Abby when I was in Nigeria. And, and initially folks might be like, well, why didn't you switch it? You're back amongst your people. You're back home. Mm -hmm. It's about that access and privilege, right? You hear Abby, you open your mouth. Folks know that this is not the normal Nigeria. Abby that right, lives. It. Let's just call it Spade. Call it spade. spade right? So there's, again, it, it's funny that you mentioned access and privilege. So I use my name whether it was my my Nigerian name or my westernized name, I used it to benefit me in certain spaces, mm. right? Um, just like, you know, I just submitted a proposal um, for NACE conference about black sounding names or ethnic names um, in career spaces and how do practitioners help students navigate what that is, right? Mm -hmm. So I had a student being very transparent her name was like Shamika or something. And she struggled. I mean, and this was a pretty like good student. So we knew right off the bat what the problem could be, but we weren't a hundred percent sure. So she came in and she was like, so should I, you know, I was working at a Ivy Tech at the time, my old college. And she was like, well, should I change my name? I said to what? She was like, you know, Mickey, something that mm -hmm. would, and, and ultimately, right? Like, people who may not have been in who may not have been in career development or just someone may say girl no don't change your name you're gonna rep who you are you're gonna do x y. unfortunately that was not the advice i gave her because you have to understand what a student situation is like is it more important for you to keep your authenticity and identity and not find work or to shift shift it into this, into the norms of where we are in order to have access, right? Again, the, the, the privilege and the power of the name. Yeah. Um, because if you don't have lights on, you don't have food, yeah. it's not my place to tell you to remain, right? Exactly. Shamika exactly. and not get the opportunities that you need to survive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's never easy. It's never, it's, it's, it's never an easy conversation but the world is not set up <laughs> for that. It's funny because at work right now, people always say something. They're like, oh, we should embrace authenticity. Like we should teach our students to be authentic. And I get a little frustrated All because right. authenticity is privilege. Yes. Yes. It took me a while, yes. a lot of learning, having certain things behind my name, certain years of experience behind my name to be able to say, F it. Like, I want to be privileged. I'm going to yes. walk up in here. I'll be on the way. You're going to be okay with it. Yes. I don't think I could have done that as a fresh graduate. You know what? You really just hit on something. You hit on something that's real powerful with that authenticity equals privilege. Because the truth <laughs> of them, that's, that's, that's a powerful quote because it's something to say that your name is Abiyo doing something when you don't have any education, when you don't have any of these other accreditations right. to be able to say okay look my name is Abiodun and look at my work look at my resume look at who right. I you know what I'm saying like and right. then now it's like now you can respect me and what I bring because you can see the work right where some people don't have like to do that you can just some people already have that natural born privilege to be able to do that with no problem whatsoever so you bring up something very powerful because some people don't have that luxury to be able to say, hey, look, I'm going to be myself and be my name and you just going to have no. to take it. 
and you're going to take it. Not as a high school student, not as a freshman trying to sit here and try to figure things out. No, like say that's that. real. Not in America. You're mm. not going to get anywhere. Mm. Right. So so I want like the Marys and the Joes and like that's like it's one thing is right. Like when we use this word authenticity, like I really my phone charge, I really need to know what what people are saying. Right. Like and and there's two types of authenticity, Kells, right? Like mm-hmm. let's talk about authenticity and professionalism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. be authentic and still keep your pants up, mm-hmm. right? Like so my students get it mixed up sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, but this is who I am. Well, this is who you are, ain't gonna get you nowhere, right? Yeah, but right. you can rock your dreads, you can pull them back, you can look presentable, right? You can look a certain way. So I, I have a qualm with that. Just be your authentic self. Well, first, I ask yourself, who's your audience? Exactly. Who are you talking to? What have they overcome or not overcome? Because sometimes being authentic ain't that easy. It's not. Being authentic, it's not. It's and not it's easy. a privilege. It's a privilege to work, walk into an interview and be authentic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, 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 that's, that's facts, 100%. And even as you were mentioning the idea of your experience in Nigeria, and I was just thinking, like, because of all the things that are in play in, in regards to the, the way the world is set up, even going to your home country, in which is the inspiration and where the language in which your name is actually, you know, um, from, they vote, they they value the Westernized name more sure than the actual authentic in quotes the original name right like they'd you. rather value abby than abiodun because one abiodun is common right it's very common in nigeria but two abby represents western and represents yankee uh-huh. it represents more opportunities it represents someone who essentially is perceived as better than because they're coming yeah. from america and it's just so messed up how that is it's so it is. it's so and, messed up and people but real real talk else people like you me we don't help that case because mm-hmm. again like i go back as abby and i want them to think that the western world is where it's at and and being abby is okay like and that just does not help anything. It glorifies no. where we are here, mm-hmm. right? Um, by and putting like Nigeria down. So mm-hmm. it, it's it's just so funny. Like I think this podcast is so interesting, and I I hope that you are able to reach many people, whether it be Africans or Black Americans. You know, because you talked about the topic of what is what is this hidden beef like mm. let's talk about it like let's what is this too. right yeah. like we both fighting for the same thing right and what i've realized is in changing my name when i was younger <laughs> it did not equal success mm-hmm. right because there were still identifiers right that that showed people that i was not from here mm. right the way i talked the food i ate Mm -hmm. the the way I braided my hair Mm -hmm. right so even masking that small identity it was a catalyst for the many more things I had to change in order to be fully embraced Mm -hmm. and oftentimes I feel like I'm struggling I feel like I am living in a country that doesn't want me to remember but when I go to Nigeria I'm in a country that prays I never forget Mm -hmm. Like how how do you straddle that line? 
that's that's the struggle, right? Like that's the the balancing act that comes with the the transnational experience, right? Yes. Because we have access to both worlds. The truth of the matter is, so if we're t- you know, and we're gonna go into greater detail about that relationship between African immigrants or and African Americans, but that ties into it, right? Like you don't, if you don't know, you know what you don't know, then you live in a world where you're going with these different names, and you know, and yep. you're like, okay, cool. But then as like a, the, you go where the wind takes you. Exactly. Right. <laughs> but like, you know, as a, someone who's born in Nigeria, whether you came at a young age or not, and you went back, you lived there, you're connected to Africa, you now become exposed to all these different nuances yeah. that come with our blackness. Right. And, and, and our connection to Africa, which is like, man, you know, why is it that our even though we're trying to be our best selves, but our best selves has to be us subscribing to the things that bring us closest to whiteness, yeah. right? And then that also then means that whatever brings us closest to whiteness, we then also have to suppress the things that bring us, that keep Absolutely. us black, right? So Absolutely. then it's, and keep us black, keep us African and things like that. So it's a struggle that many people deal with, which causes all these different shifts in identities yeah, as you're growing up and pro- as, as you're growing up, right? For someone who was, you know, coming to America as a young, at a young age like myself, and like we talked about before, right? The difference, the transformation from, you know, from initially Kalechi, then going to Kelly, and then going from Kelly to Kenny, then from Kenny to Kells and Kells yeah, to, <laughs> right? Like, and, and how, like you mentioned, all these different names represented different people who are in different parts of your lives, you know? And like I said before, like all them different people, you know, Kelly, Kells, Kenny, they can't represent and they can't even hold a candle to what Kalechi represents and who Absolutely. I am, right? And Kalechi walk in the room, that's a that's a that's a beast. That's a different thing. You know? And and I feel like to be honest, right, we gotta recognize our privilege. And you you have the privilege to say that because mm-hmm. one, you've been here for a minute, two, you've you've gotten to this educational platform exactly. where there's this comma PhD by your name. And it's the the participants that were in my study unfortunately didn't have this privilege Mm. and it was a constant look my name is not professional so I take that off before I walk into work I put on this new identity I carry on this new name right a lot of my participants did not identify their ethnic name with professional that that is that that sucks <laughs> that's just the only thing i can that right sucks. But, but that's, the, that's reality the reality that they live in mm. that is the reality that many immigrants live in i think you mentioned it a lot of the research out there currently unfortunately doesn't focus on nigerians but it focuses on on Chinese, mm-hmm, right? Like mm-hmm. you'll notice a lot of Chinese people come they, and they at least change. my name is Abiodu and I go to Abby, like they literally create a whole new name. Yep. Like Sue, we gonna go by Sue, right? Like, mm-hmm. cause what? And and it's just, it's mind blowing, right? The, sh- the mental shift that happens as we change our name. Right, it's mind blowing the identity we take on when we put on a westernized name. Yeah, and, and we have to then become the westernized person, right? Like it, we have to become westernized ourselves. So yeah, this, this is. Role. I play it all the time. We're playing the role. Abby was playing a role for twenty some years of her life, and I had to make sure that I did not fail in that role. I had to make sure that I was always a showstopper. I had to make sure that 
this character playing this role better play this part right. Right. And it's it's almost a performance. It yes. is a, it's a performance, right? And you get tired, but you get tired it's because exhausting. you end up living to all these expectations. Mm-hmm. Like there were days I just wanted to go to work, rep a blazer, possibly tie, you know, a, a, a knotted scarf around my head. But I worked at a predominantly white institution. Abby can't do that. Mm. Where do you get that from? Mm. How do I explain? What, what am I going to tell these white students? Mm-hmm. What is my boss going to tell me? Mm. And it's funny because people are always like, oh, we will embrace that. But you don't. No, they don't. It's, but you don't. It's always an awkward conversation. Anytime you talk about race, DEI, ethnicity, it's always an awkward conversation. I cannot wait to the moment we get in, like, to the time we get into, in this country, into a space where we can feel comfortable talking about your blackness and my blackness. We can feel comfortable talking about your whiteness. We can feel comfortable talking about your brownness. Mm-hmm. But right now it's like people are always stepping on 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 the edge. Like, I don't want to piss anyone off. I don't know the wrong or the right things to mm-hmm. ask, right? Like they're night they're Nigerians who because they've had the conversation, I talk about the conversation in my research and you know what that conversation <laughs> I is. I know exactly what you when, mean. Right? when people ask their name they are bitter like oh my god your name is so and so where are you from my mama's womb like what why do you need to like they automatically get on the defense because they think that you're judging them as opposed to inquiring yeah so how do we learn how do we we learn if we don't answer these questions now don't get me wrong there's there's that's also part of the balancing act as far as all right how do how do i discern what's genuine interest out of you know, wanting to learn so you can be better for yourself and, and, and better to others compared to what do you want to, why are you asking me this question so that you can be able to tell me about your experiences with another diverse person so that we can, right, then, right. you can then show me your, you can show me your badge, your, 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 your Girl your Scout badges right? of diversity and your of experiences. Diversity with, and allyship, right? Right, like Everybody right. want to be in, look, exactly. one thing I struggled with, right? Like, so there's, a, there's also a struggle working in higher education because it's so political. Mm-hmm. Um, what does it really mean to be an ally of a person of color? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, and I have a lot of allies, or so they think, but what I've realized is they are still in the closet. Mm-hmm. And you can't be an ally still in the closet, right? Because mm-hmm. you, you are allied to me, but when we get in open spaces, you don't talk, you don't, like when someone asks you something, like you play along, like yeah, it's, 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 there's a really a lot, like, and, and with being an immigrant, right? Black immigrant, not only are you struggling with the black experience, you're struggling with the immigrant experience. Exactly, exactly. So it's a, right? It's a double whammy. Yeah. And then again, right? And then even add to that, you're struggling with the, the black experience, you're struggling with the immigrant experience. And for those of us who really are involved with Nigeria or wherever our homeland is, you're, you're struggling yeah. with the transnational experience too because you're still trying to deal with whatever home is bringing, whether you yeah. have family members there who are dealing with things, who want things, who still believe that you should you know, represent the, the ideal of what America, westernized success is because for mm-hmm. them, us being here, we've made it. Right, like, and especially yeah. for thriving in the education and work, yeah. like we we made it, so they don't understand it. They don't care about the fact that you're yeah. changing your name to Abby Wu. Whereas, you know, like, oh, well, you're trumping life. Like, you don't want to come and sit with exactly. us. Exactly. So we can't and, complain. And, and, it's that's the transnational experience that comes with that burden of just because the immigrant experience focuses. It's a unilateral direction. It's just going one way. Mm-hmm. You uh, 
acculturating to America and the land that you're resettling in, right? That and then if you decide you don't want to deal with Nigeria, that doesn't add to your Nigerian. I mean, your uh, acculturation and the immigrant experience. But if you say, "Oh man, like I'm here, but I'm here, but I have family there, and I'm working hard for them, and I'm trying to make sure I send money, Western Union, I'm WhatsApping, I'm doing all these things because I go home for Desi December every time or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. You know that with, along with that that door, that bridge you open, then you have to deal with the positives and the negatives that come with that as well, right? Yeah. And that's the responsibility yeah. Yeah. of being in a position to be um, in, in what they what, what they perceive to be a better standing than where they're at in a developing Absolutely. nation. So like, Absolutely. and then, so when we talk about the names, right? And, and just kind of take a step back, I was even thinking about what you were saying in regards to your kids and just from a cultural experience, right? One of the things that my wife and I, because my wife is African-American, and one of the things that we talked about is when we first were thinking about the name of our son, Jadena, and, you know, the American practice is to name the child while there's, you know, while they're yeah. still, while you're still pregnant. It's like, oh, this is baby right. Joe. This is baby Anthony. And it's like, we're and it like, like, baby not here. And I was trying, different. it's different, right? Because for me, I have to explain to her, like, first, you have to meet the child, right? Get to see the child, know the child. And then you actually want to, you want to recap, so to speak, the entire experience of what that pregnancy, that journey was to the deliverance of that child, right? Or the delivery of that child. And so for her, I was trying to explain to her, like, there's a meaning to the whole experience. You can't just name the child immediately. You may have an idea, but you want to name the child once you meet the child, which is why we have naming ceremonies um, and so for, for the black American experience, that wasn't necessarily something that's typical for them. So that was something that came with questions and like, okay, why, why do you do this? Like, why do we have, it doesn't make any sense. Like you got a name and use it. And it's like, okay, what's the meaning of the name that you're giving that child? Like, what does it mean? Like, why are you giving the baby that child? The baby's not even here yet. Like, how do you even, you know, not to, we don't want to wish no bad wishes, but how do you even know what this baby, who, who, and what this baby is until yeah. you get to... Yeah meet that person, hold the person. So it's, there's, there's so many different things that all come from just the name. Just, I'm telling you, it's so especially powerful. in our culture. Yeah. I'm telling you it's, it's deep. And you know, it's interesting with your, with your wife and explaining the process. Um, I, and I was explaining to my friend who was asking me with the last hour, like, well, what's her name? What's her name? And I was like, well, you know, you got to wait your normal seven days. And she's like, for what? And I was like, well, what was interesting was I thought about boy names. I thought about girl names because we didn't know what we were going to have. <laughs> but because of the way, <clears throat> excuse me, she came into the world, she brought her own name. I mean, normally in, in Nigeria, Yoruba culture, if you're twins, you're Taiwan. Of course, like, yeah. That's sorry, right? Like mm -hmm. it, there are certain people who, if you come after a father or a grandfather die, you're Baba Tunde, right? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. there are just certain names that we call Amutonwa. Right, you bring from earth, mm -hmm. right? You come, you, you bring it from from up above, and there's certain names that, right, because of the circumstance and the situation of the prayer, and then there's the traditional name. But even with that name, right, like when we had our daughter, we took her name, we put it in a Bible, and we prayed about it for seven days. Mm -hmm. Because mm. if God did not speak to us about that name, then she wasn't going to be that name. And right. Ilario Lua means God's promise. Mm. Right. Because he promised us. And it's crazy because she came even earlier than my second daughter. 
um, and spent 172 days, uh, four surgeries in the in the NICU. It means that, because I going through the process, I said, God, you promised that you would do this. You promised. Hmm. So her name literally means God promised. promised. And that that had so much value to life, to that child's life. That again, like I said earlier, they don't know, but when they get older, right? It just they, it yeah. ma- they will. It makes sense because. It's one thing, and that's no shade to the people who named your child the generic name, so to speak, the Marys right. and the Johns, because of course those things have biblical ties and things like that. And but they have meanings. They to have meanings too, right? You know, but it's not. It doesn't have a unique. This is customized for you, right? Like yeah, you culture. are your experience, and when yep. you can be able to say they named me this because God promised, experience. right? God promised yes. my parents this. That he God, would not leave us exactly. Like yeah. God promised my parents me. Like I was a yeah. promise to my parents. That makes you special. Yeah. You feel yeah. me? Like, and that's something that you know, as kids growing up, we didn't we didn't value because it was just like, oh, it just we just listened to the you know the phonetics of it. It's like, oh my God, it sounds so choppy. It sounds so. You have yeah. to do your mm, yeah. or your if somebody names you <laughs> Namdi. You have to you know, you're like you don't want to use your nose yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But once yeah. you get to that age when you, which is most of us, by the time we get to college or even grad school, we start to realize the value in our blackness and our African identity, but then it starts to really add to your esteem, like your self-esteem as far as why you're special, why you're important and why you can't just be, you know, you can't just be what they want you to be, but you have to be who you are, you know, and and that's something that is so amazing. Yes. I say yes. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, I have learned that it is more than age. Mm. It's also about upbringing and maturity. Mm. So my my now six-year-old, she just turned six a couple days ago. She's laying down here. If you ask her what her name is, she's not going to tell you a nickname. She's going to tell you her whole name. And she's mm. going to tell you what it means. And she's going to say, you know, I spent a lot of time in the hospital and God was with me. So that is why I have my name. Oh, my God. Right? Like, That's so we, we, we instill that. Like, yeah. you have to instill these things in your children so that, because guess what? Like, I just felt like growing up, it was just, oh, I'm yada, I'm yada. Like, you don't really love it. It's just a name. Mm. But when you connect right Mm -hmm. the experience to the name for your children like my girls will tell you what their name means they'll tell you what their sister's name means they'll Mm -hmm. tell you why she got that name you know it was funny because on her paper coming from school so her name the second one Fien Folua went from Fien Folua the Fingy um and it was funny because then instead of Fingy on the paper I think the teacher was hearing Fan Fan so they ended up putting Fan on her assignment F-A-N so I wrote the, a note. I said, hey, I think Fan Folua has the wrong paper because I don't know a fan. So, and it was an art teacher. So the, the her classroom teacher called me and apologized and said, you know, we're so, I, I think the teacher heard fan, but we, we call her fan, Fian. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you know, it's funny because she goes by her whole name, Fian mm-hmm. Folua. Mm-hmm. And please feel free to embrace that. So now she gets called Fien Folua, right? Like, mm. and she knows that I got that name because I, when I was little, I was really, really sick, right? And 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 God said that we're going to, like, I am going to praise God all my life mm-hmm. because I was really, really sick and he came and showed up for me. Mm. 
that's like powerful. I'm t- like she will tell you her story. That's that's amazing. That's that needs to be kept up, you know, because that's we I, need more of that. We need more of that yeah. from our kids. We need it's, more it's, of that. And I think you just you start nurturing at an early age, and you pray that society in this world, you know, don't shift or yeah. or shape. But if they grow up loving their skin, loving their name, no matter where they go, it's going to be really really hard to take that away from them. Yeah. And it, it, you know, I tell my husband like, these are our legacies. Mm. I didn't give birth to a fan, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So when her name is being praised around the world, I want people to know that she is a Nigerian. She is blood, mm-hmm. right? She came from the land. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to Nigeria. We're hoping to take them soon. Okay. Um, because we, again, we talk about that transnational, right? Like connecting back, home right? Matters. This is this is home. Yeah. This is where, what are we going to do to give back? Yeah. You know, I have an organization called ACEDA Love, A-S-I-D-A Love. Okay. But when you phonetically, it's a seed of love. And I work with immigrant girls at the church. And I really help who have been bullied, immigrant girls who have been bullied. And we talk about professionalism. We talk about love. We talk about all these things. And each year, right, we try to plant a seed of love mm. in, in one of the countries that the girls are from. So, mm. you know, a couple of years ago, we had a patient. So we said our seed was to send water to Haiti. Wow. Right. So each year in COVID, unfortunately, have slowed that up because we were looking to do something in Ghana. Is it bags of rice? Mm-hmm. Right. Each year we want to plant a seed of love in these countries. So. That's dope. And I want to know more about that and how we can here in my Blackest Transnational support that because that's important. Um, we, we need to have more of those types of things, especially in, in uplifting Black immigrant, immigrant girls. Black immigrants. This, this is Women's History Month. Right? We, we talk about young right? queens that, that we're trying to we're trying to we're trying to uplift and, and be able to give them the empower them to embrace mm-hmm. themselves, embrace their home, embrace yeah. all these things, you know, and and. Uh, one one thing that I, you were, as you were talking about these things, I thought about how just how simple a letter can change your entire persona. I'll give you an example. Like my little brother's name is Luatobi, right? Which everyone you know, Yoruba people understand what that means. Right, but right. you know the the idea that his name, if he goes, even if he shortens it, says, it says Toby, right? Like Toby in Yoruba obviously means big, right? But like if he decides to change that I in Toby to Y. That That's changes it. the entire, that changes, it sounds the same, but it changes yeah. the entire persona of who he is. It changes Absolutely. the entire persona of who my brother is. If he changes that I to Y in Toby, it can change the entire way he presents himself to people. Because he can and easily can present the opportunities that yeah. he gets. Yeah, he goes in and puts that Y instead of an I in Toby, and they're like, oh my God, like Toby, that's familiar. It sounds very, you know, it, it just sounds so appropriate. Right. But if he says Toby with an I, then it becomes, like you said, that conversation. Why is the I like, why is it an I? Where are you from? Is it Tobai? Right. It's so crazy. I'm telling you, we got we got to have more conversations because you mentioned that. And I have a brother whose name is Oluwag Benga. Mm, And now he's Ben. See, that GB in Yoruba, they they struggle with that. It it blows my mind. But you can but you can explain a KZY when you're saying you know, Fiskowski or something. You're like, oh, that's nothing. But uh, like, how y'all get? How you get that, right? So it's just, and I think you hit it in that. There's just a lot, also, that immigrants. Um, so 
so I'm always like, look, there's two there's two types of immigrants, right? There's immigrants of the blood and there's some of the land. Like mm. we are of the land because we were born in Nigeria. We came here. Mm-hmm. My children are of the blood because they weren't born in Nigeria, but there's Nigerian blood Ooh. running in them. I like that. <laughs> you, yeah, I love that. Less, and, I love and, that. And we have to separate and distinguish the differences because yes. our experiences are different. Yes. They don't have to. They may have a Nigerian name. They don't have the struggle of the accent. Mm, mm. You know they that, are automatically they their their papers will never say they were national naturalized citizenship like mine. They have papers from here. Mm. They are of American soil. Wow, that is another type of privilege. So I tell people when they're like, "Oh, I'm an immigrant." I'm like, cool, like of the blood or of the land. That is powerful, sis. You don't even understand what you're spitting because people out here, you know, we would just go with the the, the scientific term, first generation, 1.5 second. Right. But there's a lot more symbolism when you throw it like that. When you just say you are of the land or of the blood and they both mean the same. I mean, they both they the mean the corresponding things. It's just, it just means a little they, bit more. Our paths are different and your paths are always different when you're from the blood or you're from the land. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. Because mm-hmm. again, like me and my husband joke like, ah, we can never become the president of the of the US. Mm-hmm. No, we can't. <laughs> no, I'm a citizen, but I'm nope. I that dream is gone. But you your kids can. But my kids can because they are like of kids the can. blood. Yeah. Right? Kids can. They're of American land, but of Nigerian blood. But that also then adds this question. Will they ever be president because of that name due to systemic racism? Will they ever have that opportunity to be president if not for the name? And I only bring that up not because I'm trying to just throw accusations, yeah. but let's just be real. Like we, we be, We've been calling spades what they are. Let's think about our vice president and let's think about how people were playing with her name. Let's oh just, yeah, people... there's a piece. There's a clip on her. Mm-hmm. If you Google Kamala Harris and and, and name, yeah. yeah, there's a piece. People yeah. were playing with her name. Let's even talk about our other black president. Barack his Obama. last name, just his last, just his first and last name. And like you yeah. were talking about the whole idea of, you know, um, somebody being called Mohammed, somebody being called Barack, and then having the name Obama, something that is not necessarily yeah. constituted as American, whatever that is. Right. But well, we know what people consider Americans now. But that idea that you have a name Barack and then automatically that tied into the accusations of him being Muslim and him being a terrorist. Right. So then I just imagine, right, having, you know, our kids have these names, uh, immigrants of the blood have these names, those barriers that exist for us kind of exist for them, too. Because now they have to then deal. It doesn't make it impossible. It's just that their their barriers. There's an extra hurdle. Ours is made out of just brick. (laughs) There's nothing. Circumstances. Circumstances. Ours is made of brick. We can never right. But like theirs is you know made of wood. But will they? they? Exactly. Will they be allowed? Exactly. And, and so, so that you're, you're absolutely right. That's a whole different. Yeah. I think you tap on a whole different thing, and and I think you can't separate name from privilege, authenticity, and we have we. I'm a, I'm gonna leave you with this. We have work to do, mm-hmm. also because you and I, right? Like I'm I, and I, I I'm always like speak for yourself, Yodu. 
I am part of the problem because I use my privilege, right? That's what privilege is. You use it when it benefits you. Mm-hmm. I know people who are of the blo- of the land, born in Nigeria. Um, I know I know a guy in particular, born in Nigeria, did not qualify for the, the but lives here and has been living here for years. Did not qualify for um, the U.S. Olympics. But because of that dual citizenship, well, I still want to run in the Olympics. Nigeria, we go. Nigeria, we go. Yeah, we move. Yeah. Right? Like, so I'm like, well, I guess that benefits you. But how does that benefit Nigeria? You're bringing fame to Nigeria, but by saying, yeah, I've lived in America all my life. Or the actors that come here, live here, are bred here now. They pick up this accent. They go back to Nigeria. Mm. And they, like, what are we doing to give back? Mm, that's the question. What? Are, that's the question. So let's now let's let's flip that into what I was going to talk about before we wrap up, which is with our African American brothers and sisters, right? right? We have we talked briefly about you know the Shamikas and the Traquans and all these things, right? And one of the things that I want to encourage folks to do on this podcast is to build a relationship with Africa, and as those who do have that privilege, as you acknowledge. We have the ability to be able to go back and forth. We have that dual citizenship. or Even some people have, you know, triple citizenship. You have London, Nigeria, and America, right? Like, you have the ability to navigate multiple worlds. And you have some African Americans who were only navigating one world because they have no choice. Historically, they had no choice. And even now, they have no choice, right? And we're trying to now create the opportunity to say, hey, look, you do have a choice, right? Like, we need to reconcile differences, but you can go back to Africa, right? We just already acknowledge the fact that even in that country, unfortunately, they're still acknowledging and reverencing your, and, and, and have high reverence for your westernized identity, right? Now, what it's what it means for you being a black American, that's a different conversation as far as the nuances and how they value it. But the Western identity that you bring is still, it still has some value. And is it worth for an African-American to say, okay, you know what? Like, Maybe I was given this name, but can I go choose a name that has meaning that's from that land where my ancestors are from? And can I create my own name to therefore change my identity as a transnational? Is it worth doing that? Or should we just say, hey, look, it doesn't matter. Just go. Right. Because I think about that when I have some American friends and I'm like, you know what? Like I have some 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 close friends who say, hey, look, like I, I picked up a Nigerian name. Right. Like my name, her name, you know, one girl's name is Kelsey. And she's like, hey, you know what? I picked up on the Nigerian name and now my, I, my Nigerian name is Oluwatoni or something like that. Right. And I'm just making it up. But that and for her, you know, she made she 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 went back to Africa and she used that name. Right. Instead of just the American name. But it created a sense of closeness. Right. So I wonder if that's something that should be done more or what do you think? So I have two thoughts. One, I always feel, because I have some people, some African-American friends who are like, I just, just give me a Nigerian name. I want to adopt one. Mm. And I, I use my experience and say, well, I would never have ad- adopted an American name if I didn't come to America. Mm. So before you adopt a Nigerian, a Ghanaian, or whatever name, go to the land, get the feel, let them tell you what names mean, let them educate you, stay mm. there for a couple weeks, go back again, right? Like, Go to the villages, the tribes, the, you know, these places. And then you'd be surprised. People may give you a name, right? Like, so I'm always like, I just, just don't adopt a name and never connect it back to the country. Right. And the second thing is 
I've always had this idea. I'm going to share here. Hey, whoever hears this, steal it, help me promote it. There needs to be a mentorship program where as an American, right, an African-American, a Nigerian-American who does have dual citizenship, I can sign up for a program. And when an American wants to go, we fly together as buddies. Yeah. Because oftentimes there is fear of the unknown. Like, I don't want, I want to go to Africa, but I don't know. Like, I'm scared. I don't know nowhere there, right? Like, but if you have a buddy, right, like who's, who's of the land, they can say, well, this is where I stay. Let's go to this. Let's go to this. Right. Like, and of course the, you each fund your trip, Mm -hmm. but what that buddy does is help you get educated to the culture. Right. Mm -hmm. And you have the study abroad experiences, but what about the people who aren't in school? Mm-hmm. Right. There needs to be some type of mentorship buddy program. Right. That connects African-Americans back to the land. Mm-hmm. Whether it's you want to go to Ghana, you want to go to the uh, Dominican Republic of Congo. You want to go anywhere. You look in this database and you find a buddy. Right. It's kind of like people do these dating apps. Mm-hmm. We need to do a buddy app where it's like, cool, let me swipe. Yo. Bam. See you at the airport. You know, next week. Got my ticket. You know what's so crazy, sis, is that my wife and I have been working on this type of thing. Maybe yours is more specific and yours might be the missing piece, actually. No I'm lie. I'm connected. I'm telling we've been you. Because ta- we, we, we've been talking about, this conversation is a blessing because we've been thinking about a variety of ways. And, and I'll say it because, you know, we started, we've launched a company that's geared on um, trying to do that, Transnational Alliance. And we haven't, like, officially put our website and everything there. But one of the key things that I wanted to be part of the the root of this foundation is finding a way to be able to get to build transnationals from those who aren't meaning finding African-Americans or even Nigerian-Americans who want to connect back to home and be able to go there, come back and then be able to live the transnational experience. You really start to find more value to the to the things here in America that make us have a little bit of home. Like for us, when we find a Nigerian restaurant here, it's like, oh, this is everything. You can go to North, let's let's just say for us, me being in Syracuse of all places, but if to go to Syracuse and find a Nigerian restaurant, it's like, wow, like, oh, there's a little bit of home, right? Like, and for those who live here, you don't understand the value in that until you actually go back and then come. And then you start to see why all these things mean something to us. So like we were thinking about ways to be able to say, okay, how do we get you to go back home, get that experience, Right. And not just go as a tourist, per se, but actually go and say, I want to adopt this as my home. Right. And I remember having one of our close friends was like, I want to go back. She's African-American, but she was like, I want like a family to adopt me. Right. Who's there right, and be able to and be able to give me that real experience experience of of being like an adopted kid or, you know, in that home. Like not not like an exchange student, but like an adopted yeah. person who's been there for a couple weeks who really gets the full experience and but that buddy system that might be the, that might be the bridge you, I, sis. Did, I, I did fulbright I was, i'm a fulbright hay scholar so i did um eight weeks and uh Ilefe, mm-hmm. a family adopted me as one of their own we still talk we're still connected mm-hmm. to now and because of the experiences that the daughters showed me, I was able to open up and be more comfortable. Mm. So I'm telling you, for me, that buddy system is, well, whatever I did. You know how many Nigerians go home, man? Yeah. Do Niger- I want to hurry up and go to Nigeria in yeah. two weeks. Yeah. You just go on the app and see. I, I'm going alone. <laughs> Who's a buddy? Find a buddy. Going in two weeks. Connect. Yeah. See you at the airport. O'Hare Airport. 
or meet you, you know, meet you in Germany. We're going to connect. I'm going to be your host. Like, and, and, and literally That's it dope. should be vice versa, where if people in Ghana who have a visa, I want to connect to a buddy. I'm here for two weeks. Like, yeah. what does that look like? Let me show you the American, yeah. African-American yeah, experience, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. there just needs to be something like that. Because again, far too often you'll hear African-Americans say, I would love to go to Africa. I just don't know where to begin, mm -hmm, right? Like, mm -hmm. so you begin with a buddy who knows the land. You yeah. begin with a buddy who's, who's been there, right? Yeah. And, and I don't, again, I don't know what it's going to take to get that off. But I think that that is how you begin to connect because the more people you can take back, the more people you can bring here, the more they're seeing that where they're coming from is not bad. Yeah. And you can always go back. Yeah, we 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 gonna have to talk a little bit more about this yeah. off the air because it's powerful and I, and because you know there there I think there are ways in that can to make that a reality. And I know I, I agree with you. There are ways I, to like, make think that about a all the apps. I mean, there's a dating app. Mm -hmm. There's all these other apps. Mm -hmm. There needs to be something where it's like you know, bridging bridging people, bridging continents, mm -hmm. right? And you mm -hmm. just click it like, oh, I want to go. I want to go to London. What does that look like? That look I, like? I want to go alone. Like I want to go with yo, the buddy. It makes sense. It makes sense, yo. It makes sense, major. Like that, is, that thing makes sense for real. I, I definitely, I definitely am I'm inspired by that because that was, that's the missing piece in what we were looking for as far as like, what do we, how do we get them to be able to feel comfortable? Like, okay, of course, that's group, it. group settings is one thing, right? Group settings is of course, and if they're, right. they're groups that are doing that. I had some folks come up here. I had two dudes come up here. They have, you know, Discover Giddy. Another one of my homeboys came out, a quad by experience, but those things are like, we're going back in December we're trying to live life and chop life in December and you know, yeah. everybody wants to do, you know, they want to do giddy type things. That's, yeah. that's, that's cool. But I think there's one, another thing to be said where it's okay. Somebody's going back in June and somebody has some free time. This is when I'm off from work and you know, I have some time off in June. I'm off school and somebody's going to Nigeria. Let's buddy up. Let, that's, that's dope says we're going to have to talk more off, offline we, about we definitely that. Should, we definitely should talk about that. And do you know how many people have like, property they have homes like they're not they're not out here staying in hotels so your buddy can come live with you you want to go down the street and see what street life is see what having suya is see what see what these things are where you're not sense. just in banana island on vacation it makes sense but you're in the middle of the locals yeah it makes sense man we don't yeah. we don't have to do that but yo this has I'm been a dope conversation i've already taken way too much of your time <laughs> with your with your three kids no, there probably this has been i'm telling you they're here Looking at look at this one. Say hi, sir. Hi, sir. Hi. Oh my God. Welcome to the show. What's your name? Tell them your name. Dayan Say it again, please, so everybody can hear you. Dayan Falua. Oh yes. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm totally down. Like, let's have more conversations. Let's connect people back. Let's figure out this app. Let's figure out how people can have the whole experience yeah. and not just go for vacation and take nothing away from yeah. it. Yeah, that needs to be done, sis. Man, I just want to thank you for, for taking sure. the time to be able to just jump on and chop it up with me for, for, for something kind of powerful. Anytime. Man. Don't worry. When, I, when I'm getting ready to be... Uh, be this doctor that you have yes. proclaimed and put in the air yes. I'll, I'll for sure let you know about it i'm hoping to defend early may uh, god the throne let's so go let's go let's go praise <laughs> be um awesome. so we'll awesome. make it work awesome. sis take care of yourself my greetings my love to the family and uh we'll, sure. we'll talk again soon sounds good so that's gonna do it for this episode of my black is transnational 
I'd like to thank our guest, Mrs. Abiodu Dorajaye, for taking some time to share some insights, some knowledge, and, and just engage in such a great dialogue. You can definitely feel the passion and the wisdom and the way she talks. And, and sis, we're looking forward to hearing about you passing that dissertation and joining us in the ranks of being a doctor and a scholar. And uh, we know that you got it, and we're, we're just waiting for that phone call. So we here at My Black is Transnational support you in your success, and we wish you nothing but love, peace, and happiness to you and your family. If you like what you heard, please make sure to download the podcast and subscribe to it. Binge the past seasons and and, and definitely make sure to, to subscribe to keep up with the new episodes that will be on the way. We're, we're getting towards the point where we're getting ready to wrap up season three. This has been the breakout season and I'm sure you all have been enjoying the season as much as I have. And, and so please make sure to check us out, rate and review the podcast, rate it five stars. And also make sure to check out our website at www.blacktransnational.wixsite.com slash podcast. You can definitely follow us on Instagram at Black Transnational Podcast, same name on Facebook. Follow me, the host, at Black Transnational underscore. So thank you so much for your listenership. Thank you so much for your support. Until next time, my name is Dr. Kalechi Bay Lamberts, and my name means thank God. Kalechi means thank God. So my name is Dr. Kalechi Bay Lamberts. My Black is Transnational, and I hope by the end of this, yours will be too. Peace.